You know, the culture is actually damn good. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hey, where y'all at? This is Trafalgar Square. Mr. and Mr. North of South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. Have you been drinking? It was a good show, huh? During the workday, when you feel possessed by amorous intent, may I suggest that you suppress it? Hey! 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 Hey, how you doing? Let's get in the conference room. I would like to invite everyone into the conference room. I would like to have a meeting in the conference room right now. I know for a fact that nobody in the Parks Department reads letters. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me Savior! SportsJourney.com Radio Network, back on the air. We are back. It's the Bob Matthews Show. So thankful that you have joined us in what is a big week because, yep, we finally arrived at it. It is draft week. It all gets underway Thursday night with the first round of the NFL draft with the Washington football team, of course, picking 19th. Going to have our preview with our Washington football insider, Rhiannon Walker of The Athletic, coming up in just a few minutes. But first, let's dive into it and try and figure out just where in the heck we think this coaching staff's head's at, where we think they might be going here in the first round. Okay, first up, let's all agree on a premise here that Really, at the end of the day, or the beginning of the day, or the middle of the day for that matter, we have absolutely no idea what the Washington football team is going to do. To his credit, Ron Rivera has got a tight ship over there in Washington football team park. I guess that's what we're calling it now. No leaks. There has been no leaking this offseason coming out of there. And that's good. That is definitely good for the team. All we really know is what we can read between the lines. I mean, we've all been Zapruder filming the press conference that he and Martin Mayhew had the other week. So let's see if we can at least break a couple of things down and zero in on maybe where their heads are at in general. And also what we can tell from these mock drafts that are out there. Uh, by the way, Pro Football Network Simulator, Mock Draft Simulator, it's like a drug. It, it really is. Um, but it can give you some interesting insights into where the experts think this is going. So first up, let's hear from Ron about the all-important quarterback position. Now, as we all know, at 19, you're not getting one of those top five guys unless you trade up. However... Trading up would require going up to nine because of the fact that you've got Dallas, Philly, and the Giants all sitting there 10 through 12, and they're not going to make a deal with the team in their division, obviously. So it's probably a little bit too much draft capital that you have to give up, along with some current assets, in order to get up to nine. Doesn't sound like Ron and Martin Mayhew are going to be doing that. Well, I think from a big picture perspective, it's really about getting the right quarterback, whether it's a young guy or an old guy. You've got to look and say, hey, this is the fit that we need. This is the fit that we want. Now it's the time. We'll see. Again, you know, as far as the draft's concerned, we're going to react to what happens in front of us. You know, picking at 19, kind of putting us in uh, – and uh, in the middle um, is going to be interesting as far as uh, we're concerned. Yeah, you know, I would say one of the benefits for us in this draft is people not knowing what traits that I'm really <laughs> excited about. You know, uh, all those guys at the top are, are pretty different. 
Um, I won't get into that, um, but I, you know, just to talk in general, um, it's really not about what I like. It's the collaboration with myself, with Marty, with, with Coach, with Eric, uh, Tim Gribble. I can't say enough about the great job our scouts have done uh, in this process thus far. And it, it really will be a, a very collaborative process. Doesn't give you a whole lot, does it? And that's kind of the idea. What we think is that most likely you will have a guy that can play either left tackle or maybe right guard that's going to be available at 19 or a middle linebacker uh, that is good both in coverage and against the run. And Rivera talked about what he's looking at in a linebacker. Well, I think, you know, going back and looking at what we've done, a lot of it has to do with, you know, um, has, has to do with the players that were available to begin with. Um, you know, my, my, I look, at, you know, when you got a guy like Luke Keekley, you know, that, that, that was the hard one to miss, to mess up. That's the truth. Um, you know, when you look at him and, and see the way he plays and see that he plays downhill, and see that he plays with his, his, his hands and, and as smart as he is, um, that to me was a no brainer. Um, but when we picked Shaq Thompson, the thing that, you know, we looked at Shaq was position flex, athleticism, um, intelligence, because we were going to ask him to do a lot and he fit the bill. Um, coming here and, 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 you know, looking at, at Cole Holcomb and knowing here's an athletic guy that's smart, that, 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 that has some position flex, you felt good. Look at what we did, you know, having John Bostic and, and, and looking at great communication and leadership skills. You know, there's a guy that you felt really good about. Um, so as we dive into this, Bree, I, I think, again, um, you know, just looking for position flex guys, guys that can play more than one spot because today's game does ask that because, um, you know, what we call our Sam linebacker in our defense uh, is going to end up playing like a Buffalo nickel, you know, like a big nickel at times. So we, we're going to need a guy that has that kind of flexibility. If we start looking at that, you look at our, our will position is a guy that can play like a Mike that can play downhill can be stout. Um, you know, but he's also got that position flex that if you get in a pinch, he can play the mic and the mic really is, is just got to be a great communicator. So as we look at all three of those spots, you know, we sit there and we say, you know, if we get a guy that can be the will a guy like Cole Holcomb, because his ability can play the Buffalo nickel. If you get the Buffalo nickel or the Sam type guy, he has the ability to come in. He can play the will. And then again, a mic is just a guy you're looking for that could play the will, the play the mic, but also play the will if you had to have. So it's really, to me, a lot of it has to do about um, football intelligence, um, the ability to, 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 to have uh, multiple uh, position flex. Uh, those are the things that, that, that help and, that, and have helped us. Two things real quick before we get to Rhiannon. Uh, if you want to kind of play armchair psychologist on this, two things that I've noticed about Ron Rivera in the last year and a few months of covering him. Number one was what he said there at the end of that soundbite about position flex being, you know, versatile, being able to play more than one position. That's something that he and on the defensive side, Jack Del Rio are big on. It's also something that he's big on in offense, especially on the offensive line, which is why I think it's either going to be a tackle or a linebacker. Now, getting a guy that is really, really good 
in coverage to play the Mike linebacker position is going to take this def- defense to yet another level. It's already pretty damn good. But if you get a Mike linebacker in there that can do everything that you want him to do in theory, you're looking at, you know, if you get a first-round draft pick that comes through at the Mike linebacker spot, this defense, don't look now, is going to be, would be elite next year. And as far as an offensive lineman, particularly a tackle, you get a guy that can play left tackle or left or right guard. Well, not only have you solved the problem for this year, maybe you've solved the problem down the line when Brandon Sheriff leaves after this year, which, of course, we're all expecting him to do. Welcome to D.C. Time for us to bring in Redskins insider Rhiannon Walker, writes the Redskins for The Athletic. With all due respect and inspiration from Whale, she's more than just a journalist. She's a go-go jamming, chili bowl eating, service saluting, culture loving, trailblazer from the DMV who's here from the now and the later. She's Rhiannon Walker, and she's pleased to meet you. What's up, my friend? Wow, that was really good. And the thing is, I actually love now and later, especially the banana flavor ones. Those are my particular <laughs> favorite. So that just that oh wow. Bob, that I, does I don't know how you do it, but you always find a way to put a smile on my face. I'm doing great. It's Friday, it's the end of the week. Thank how are God. you? I am I'm well. I'm just I am ready for this draft to get here because I've been spending way too much time on those mock draft simulators. Those things are like a drug, you know. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> I cannot wait for this to be over with. It gets I don't know. I can't believe that I used to be obsessed with this like when i was just like a casual fan and now like i look forward to the end of it like nobody's business i literally cannot wait to get on the other side of this i you oh. know yeah no i know what you mean you know in and inside baseball i'm sure everybody listening is is going to be fascinated by this but it's it's like uh writing the caps for lake at uh sportsjourney.com whom i love and which i love doing but yeah you think hey great man a game every other day all oh, this could be so good and then you start writing it every day and you're like whoo it's a lot tougher than people think out there, you know? It is much tougher than people think. And I look, football is tough in many different regards, but at least there are breaks. I will say that in all honesty, there is absolutely a way to have some work-life balance when you cover the NBA. I think one of the things people get enamored by is the idea of the travel element. And as much as I love to travel, I also enjoy being home a lot. 162 games is a lot, even if 81 of them are at home. That's just a lot of writing to deal with, and that's also a lot of traveling. Oh, um, NHL right. games, what, that's 80, so that's 40-40. Oh, yeah, that's that's a lot, too. The NBA is 82, so, I mean, it's just, God, it is a lot. It's a lot of wear and tear on the body, mm-hmm. um, especially with the NBA. It's like the season ends, and, I mean, if your team doesn't go to the playoffs, awesome. I mean, you have a little <laughs> bit of time before the draft, then there's free agency, turn around all of a sudden it's shooting I mean if there's an olympic year like we have this one mm-hmm. um you know that gets exciting oh but then guess what there's training camp that starts up not too soon around the corner so hey back in september like you really didn't take much of a break and i don't know the nhl schedule enough to even get into that but baseball oh my goodness gracious i can't believe that they basically start what free agency right after the world series begins oh, yeah. Is that- yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like you, that's when you really got to live eat sleep and breathe you know i, I don't know oh how- my goodness Oh my, I commend my colleagues who cover Major League Baseball. And it's not, baseball is probably 
it's basketball is always gonna be my favorite sport but coverage wise like I love covering baseball games I do I love the sitting I love the atmosphere um let's face it I love when I, co- I had to cover the Cubs when I was at the Chicago Tribune. it's like one of my it was one of my favorite internships by far mm-hmm. like Wrigley Field was absolutely amazing um and people were like wait isn't there no elevator that's okay I don't mind I mean I'll, I'll walk <laughs> I'm like how do you think I stay in shape like what you eat all that food you think that you're just gonna stay in shape no exactly you sometimes running around but like man I I love baseball games. You can write your whole story during the game. I mean, it can really go any number of different directions. That's what I really like about it now. Yeah. That's, the rest of the basketball sports, uh, a little challenging. Uh, and, that, and you know, you talk about walking up to the press box and stuff. That's the that's the challenge at, at FedEx, because if you walk out to stretch your legs from where the press box is down to the first, uh, down to the lower bowl there, you come back up to the mm-hmm. press box and you've got the munchies from the, you know, the smell of weed in the air. You get a contact high from there. You, you, you don't you don't have to comment on that you are a respected journalist and i'm the guy that's doing the podcast so you, you don't i'm merely gonna comment. say that for those people who are afraid of a little bit of marijuana you're not gonna get the munchies from smelling weed in the <laughs> distance uh i mean you'd have to smell a lot of it to get the munchies but very true it is funny though how the how it's it's the scent is stronger the worse the team plays i find that to be hilarious <laughs> Yo, I mean, I guess people are trying to relax at that point. It's like, well, shoot, I'm here. So it's like, I might as yeah. well enjoy it. You can yeah. shoot, you can enjoy yourself, like just kind of chill out, relax and everything else like that. So I've been told. So, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, and you can eat a lot Absolutely. of food too. That sounds kind of fun, honestly. I, I need to gain weight. So, I mean, I think that sounds kind of nice, honestly. I'm surprised my doctor hasn't recommended it at this point. All right. Now I'm putting the dad hat on. You are perfect just the way you are. Don't let anybody tell you. Aww. Thank you. I appreciate that. But at 5'8 and 118 pounds right now, I gained two pounds since I lost the weight. Oh, my God. Second oh, she, oh yeah. my God. She gained two pounds, ladies and gentlemen. I, I need to gain I sh- 118 pounds at 5'8 is very underweight. And even I have to acknowledge that I'm trying to get back to 125 if I can. So I need to get back in the gym and hit get this muscle up. So I can't even um, remember the last time I was 118 pounds. I was probably 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bob, um, you're a full grown man. So there might be some of it right there. I mean, look, a hundred, look, Bob, you're also like slightly taller than me. It's like, that wouldn't be healthy for you either. Like, you know, no, but, get think of all the, but all the clothes I could fit into and just look fabulous in. Bob, you can fit into so many clothes. And again, as you just said to me, you're perfect the way that you are, my friend. Aww, why you got to be so good to me, Flora? All I right. mean, it's just reciprocating the energy I get from you, Bob. That's all it is. Just a great um, we, we We've got to get to the draft here because I have I have taken us completely off the rails. And you're just <laughs> is all it is. Um, so here we are. Right, here we are. The Washington football team sits at 19. Mm-hmm. You, know, you keep going through the mock draft simulators and... I, you know, it seems like I, I listen to one uh, evaluation of the draft and I say, yes, it's got to be a left tackle. It's got to be a left tackle. I listen mm-hmm. to another evaluation of the draft and I say, yes, it's got to be a linebacker. It's got to be a linebacker. You're around mm-hmm. them more than the rest of us, although with Zoom, it makes it a little bit harder. But any mm-hmm. sense from talking to your contacts, which way they're leaning? Granted that, you know, the, the smoke signals everybody puts out this time of year. Smoke signals or smoke signals. And so, I mean, I've got I've definitely look from my rookie year on the beat to like now, like discerning what's what. And also people will tip their cat. If you just listen, people will tell you the answers and it might in the, it, they might be doing it on purpose. It's just a matter of, are you paying attention enough to what they're saying when you ask them the question? Um, and in that regard, the way that they look at this, and this isn't necessarily a secret, but the draft is deep in linebackers. The draft is also deep in wide receivers. So when I think about it, if they wanted to take a left tackle, 
I'm thinking to myself, hmm, okay, they have said that this is a group, these are position groups that they feel are particularly deep. So that must have influenced the reasoning in their mind behind, I think it makes more sense, it's more prudent for us to take a left tackle because that is something that they do need to square away long-term. Um, you have some answers for this season, but beyond that, you definitely don't. And if you're trying to figure out how to put all the pieces in place for a franchise quarterback of the future, and you're going to build that up so that when they just slide that person in, everything is already there for them, then this makes perfect sense. In addition to the fact that if you're Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, Marty Herney, and the rest of the scheme, you say, look, we're building off an NFC's championship, and we just went to a playoffs where we really pushed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who weren't pushed by too many other teams, really other teams at all, in the playoffs last year. We're not far off, but we need to get this offense together. They don't draft offensively in the first round very often. Matter of fact, you think about some of the offensive players that they've taken since the decade turn, not this decade, but the last decade turn, and you're just like, ooh, they don't have a great track record. Trent Williams was obviously a great hit, um, but Robert Griffin III didn't work out. Josh Doxson didn't mm-hmm. work out. Brandon Sheriff has worked out, but you don't know if you're going to get to sign him to a long-term deal. Um, you know, that's you, you're trying to see, like, okay, well, at least the last – when we have drafted along the offensive line in the past, at least those players have turned out pretty good. The rest of them, not so much. But offensive line, for whatever reason, they get that one right. So that's a major cornerstone, getting your blindside protection in place for whoever is going to be back there, not just Ryan Fitzpatrick, but whoever's going to be back there moving forward is a massive and important thing to deal with. Um, the linebacker, again, if you feel like this is a deep draft class with linebackers and you feel like there's somebody that you could probably come up for in the second round or something along those lines, then shoot, go for it. I mean, and you can certainly get quality wide receivers beyond the second round because that's what the team has been doing the last few years. Look at what they just did with Antonio Gibson, who's wide receiver, running back hybrid. And of course, Terry McLaurin, who they're going to have to pay some money in the nearest of futures. Clearly, there's value to be had beyond the first and the second rounds in that regard. So you don't have to stress it. And of, I mean, wide receivers, not even, wide receivers, a group they could certainly add to, but it's, not, it's a, a group I would say that could probably take a backseat to some other ones. Wink, wink, safety. Um, that's that's how I would look at it, realistically speaking, is that what position groups do you feel the deepest? They feel like linebacker, wide receiver are the two that are particularly deep this draft. What are some position groups that, realistically speaking, once you get outside of the first round, you're not going to get as much value as you may want, or you may not know what you're going to get. You just may not know. You may not know what you're going to get with your first round pick, but you at least hope that you hit that nail on the head, like really squarely on the head there. So that's what I'm understanding is that linebacker, especially when you have two draft evaluators and two coaches and Jack Delray, the defensive coordinator, Ron Rivera, who used to be linebackers, um, who have shown a propensity for being able to draft a linebacker who can be not just successful, but pretty daggone good outside of the first round. I wrote about that. So, I mean, they've shown they can evaluate a linebacker beyond the first round. So I could see why they wouldn't sweat that necessarily as an issue um, this draft class, but that doesn't mean they don't take one. It just means that if they don't, you, there's, you can understand all the reasons for why they didn't do it. That's all. Now that le- and that leads me into my next question, which is the existential one that I've been pondering all offseason when it comes to a quarterback. Does a quarterback make a team or does a team make a quarterback in your opinion? Does a quarterback make a team or does a quarter or does a team make, team a, quarterback? make a quarterback? Like it, here's my thing is how, how when you get right down to it athletic ability wise how much of a difference is there really between Trevor Lawrence and the rest of the field, the Kellen Mons and, and, and uh, the Kyle Pitts and those guys, I'm talking raw athletic ability. 
or or a guy like Sam Darnold is is are the guys that succeed really that much more talented, or are they just put into the right situation at the right time where they were able to succeed? You know what? I'm going to say that I personally believe that it's. I think it could be a little bit of both, but I think the team makes the quarterback more so than the quarterback makes the team Mm -hmm. Um, because a quarterback can be as good as he is. um, But if you don't have the right pieces around that quarterback, okay, Cam Newton, for example, since we're talking about Washington anyways, Cam Newton, really good quarterback, great quarterback. Some might say like pretty, pretty daggone good quarterback. I would, I mean, it's exceptional. Um, He does a lot of things that other quarterbacks simply cannot do. Right. We're talking about like the physical attributes and the build and things of that nature. But when did he really start to succeed when he was in Carolina? Once when they start some guys around him. Once he starts getting some guys around him. He himself was quite talented. He put up some good numbers. But one guy can't do the whole thing. I mean, a quarterback can be exceptional, but if there's not a line to block around him, what do you think that does to him? I'll give you a counterexample. Marcus Mariota. Is he not physically gifted? Is he not talented? Is he not shown the ability to run and to throw and everything else like that? But what can a quarterback do when he has, I believe it was five different offensive coordinators in his first five years in the league. Exactly. Didn't see a whole bunch of success. He was also one of the most sad quarterbacks over that time period too. And what did that do? He got happy feet. Um, people really questioned if he was quite good or not. Um, I give another example, Jared Goff, who Jeff Fisher was going to have us all convinced was a bust as a quarterback, right? That right. was a thing that was definitely happening in St. Louis. Um, and then you pair him up with Sean McVay and you also add some components around him. And now look at him. He is somebody who took the team to the Super Bowl. I think, actually, now I think I'm making my own argument that it is very much what does the team around you allow you to do? Russell Wilson. Look at when he's been most successful, right? Right. When he's had offensive right. line, when he's had wide receivers, when he's had a strong running game and a strong defense. Mm-hmm. Why he's not been able to make the Super Bowl since. Hmm? Exactly. Because he's either been running for his life the defense hasn't been able to stop anybody. Um, I would never say the wide receiver has been an issue because I think they continue to put some decent wide receiver talent around him. Right. Um, running back, I would say, generally speaking, has been fairly decent up in Seattle as well too. But the other parts of the team weren't necessarily there, right? Right. You can only do so much with somebody who's extremely talented because this is not a sport where one person can just absolutely take over, dominate with a whole bunch of lesser parts. This is not basketball. You cannot have one person carry a team. It is amazing to me still that LeBron James was able to take that Cleveland Cavaliers team in 2007 to the NBA Finals. I still believe that is one of the greatest sports feats. If you go look at that roster, it's pretty um, It's pretty oh, it amazing. LeBron and everybody else, yeah. Literally just that. Literally yeah. just that. The fact that they made it at all is, valid, is just absolutely miraculous, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. It's, it is a team thing. It is so much of a team thing. Um, you think about last year with Washington, what would it would have done for this team if they had had, you know, maybe one or two better wide receivers, maybe if they had had some better offensive line protection up at the beginning of the season as well, too. Um, obviously, we talk about quarterback play as well. And I mean, even for instance, I mean, we, we could talk about Dwayne Haskins is like how good he looked at Ohio State, but every, I think most people should look pretty good when nobody is within a mile of you. Like you have protection for days and things of that nature and your competition can't compete with the amount of talent and resources that you simply have around you. Right. But then you get to the NFL level where there's a lot more parity and you see that, you know, for instance, the team isn't as stacked and you see what happens, right? I think that's the most fair, pragmatic way of looking at it is that you can have a really great quarterback. You can have somebody who's supremely talented. You might even have a great coach in tow as well, too. 
but you need to have the right pieces around that person because Ron Rivera was there with Cam Newton from the time he was brought in. But again, they didn't start enjoying success until all the pieces were put around Cam Newton and other elements were brought in to make the Carolina Panthers the formidable team that they were come 2015 when they go to Super Bowl. So again, you can have the coaching, you can have the quarterback, but you need a lot of the other components in the NFL in order to find success. It does not matter how much individuals, because it's not an individual game, it does not matter how good you are as an individual. You need the other people around you and to be able to take some of the load off. You, you cannot do it by yourself at this game. We are of one mind there, I think. All right, so one of the things uh, that I've noticed, like you said, deep at linebacker. So you think mm-hmm. it's it, it, if you had to put money on it, you'd say left tackle in the first round. And I, some of the simulations I've, I've, I've done, yeah, you take a tackle or something in the first round, there are still some really good linebackers. There's the kid from LSU, uh, Jabril Cox, I think it is, mm-hmm. that a lot of times is, is looking like a projected mid-second round pick, which is kind of what Washington has. That is true. That is true. I'm not saying that I think that they take a left tackle. I mean, look, what I am saying is that it would make a lot of sense that they took a left tackle. I will say the ones that I, I found myself the most interested in are Christian Dersaw from Virginia Tech and Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Just one, because especially with Pat Fitzgerald, you look at them, he's not a coach that typically plays young players, but Slater's a guy that came in as a true freshman and started at right tackle immediately for the Wildcats. I think that says something, especially because Northwestern is a pretty good football team too. Um, And then his final season, he flip flops over to left tackle. He's a guy that can play Left. He can play tackle, guard, and center. He's got that perfect um, position flex that Ron Rivera and the coaching staff really, really like. And strategically speaking, I, maybe I like Slater a little bit more. And this is, this, some may say this is negative, but I get on thinking I'm being pragmatic here is that if Brandon Sheriff does not work out in a guy like a Rashawn Slater, if he can play guard, I mean, you may have him playing left tackle this season, or maybe you have him playing left guard this season if you were to draft him if you're Washington. Um, and let's say things don't work out with Brandon Sheriff, it just gives you insurance. Okay, so, all right, we lost Brandon Sheriff, but hey, we drafted a guy that can play guard at a very high level. Um, something he might be even better at guard than at tackle and just plug him in at right guard and boom, you still have Chase Roulier who's going to be there for four more years with his extension. You still have Morgan Moses going to be there, I think, through 2023, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have to figure out the left. I mean, Sadiq Charles, depending on which position he plays, he might play left tackle, he might play left guard. You really don't know. But Wes Schweitzer, is, he was signed for a three-year, $30 million deal. Uh, let's face it, um, not $30 million, excuse me, it was less than that. But three-year deal. Three years, geez, three years, $13.5 million. Oh, man, that was terrible numbers. Hey, it's, um, three, hey it's, it's three years. That's the important part. The point is the it's three years. He's going yeah. into the second year of his contract. So let's say Sadiq Charles is your left tackle. Wes Schweitzer stays at left guard. You lose Brandon Sheriff. You slide Slater over to right guard. Okay, cool. You still got a pretty good offensive line there. And you've, you got, know, con- and you've, got, yeah, and you've got continuity, too. You um, do have continuity. Mm-hmm. So... One of the things, uh, the other thing people, again, it's the topic du jour, but if somebody starts to fall, we've heard, you know, it's the game, what if Mac Jones starts to fall or or Justin Fields or something like that. Ron Rivera does not strike me as the type that likes to give up draft capital to take a big swing like that, that he'd rather, you know, he would rather stay with what he's got or try to accumulate picks and, and develop guys, you know, that you get later in the draft. Am I, am I reading him right? Because I don't really, he doesn't seem like the type that's going to take a big swing and mortgage the future on one guy. 
well no he said that as much but it's not just LeBron it's also Martin Mayhew and also Marty Herney neither one of the two of them likes to the picks matter of fact I'll tell you Martin Mayhew has never traded away a first round pick not once interesting not, not once in his draft history um during the eight seasons he was the GM now he had two drafts where he had two first round picks um no second round picks and things of that nature but he has never traded away a first round pick or he's never been without a first round pick let me maybe say it like that um and Marty Hernia said, I believe it was two or three drafts where he didn't have a first round pick, but then he also had like two second round picks or two third round picks, something like he made up for the fact that he did not have the two first round. He didn't have the first round pick. He made it up somewhere on the back end. Um, one of those drafts was the Jimmy Clausen draft. He had two second round picks that draft, if I'm remembering correctly. But this is a front office group that, no, they believe in building through the draft. And in Herney's case in particular, it's like if they are successful people they drafted, they're successful. He likes to sign those proven players to deals. That's mm. the thing he really likes to do, historically speaking. Um, but no, they don't. If, if they can avoid jumping up and throwing away a whole bunch of picks, um, that would be ideal. If they're, I mean, because here's the thing. Here's really where it gets tricky. Let's say a player does start to fall like a guy like a Justin Fields, maybe more so than a Mac Jones. What's interesting is that all three of their NFC rivals pick through pick three picks in a row, 10 through 12. Right. So if you're looking, none of them per se need a quarterback. I mean, Dallas certainly doesn't. Uh, New York's not looking. Philadelphia, maybe, possibly. I'm not sure there. Philadelphia but, takes a quarterback there. There are going to be riots in the streets after, oh, after my Howie Roseman's done. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God, like Jesus. Um, they also passed on Jamar Chase. Oh no, it wasn't Jamar Chase last year. It was uh what's the base of Justin Jefferson. They passed on him yeah, last year. Yeah. That yeah. was that was not great. Mm-mm. Um so you're looking at you might have to jump up to nine to possibly get this person. And even then you might not because Denver's possibly I mean, their GM said that you know they believe in Drew Locke, but they're looking to add another quarterback here. So you don't know what they're gonna do. Um you just don't know so you have to to get into the top 10 that's a lot to come up with now if you really believe that this person is going to change the course of your franchise and this is the guy and he is going to be able to do wonderful things Patrick Mahomes like things better be Patrick Mahomes like things um to your to your franchise like you are consistently in the NFC's in the NFC championship things excuse me in the NFC championship yeah you pull the trigger but you better he better be certain that that's that guy and that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, and, and the, again, the fascinating thing, and I don't think they're going to, but the fascinating thing is you can make it, you can make a logical argument. They're close to being in the position to where that's all they need, but not quite there. So it just doesn't quite make sense. I don't think to do it, but I guess we'll find out starting Thursday night. That's for sure. I guess we shall. Shall we? Yeah. I mean, they don't expect to be in this position again moving forward. That's why the left tackle position, addressing it now, makes sense. Like yeah. you're right in prime starting left tackle territory i mean they're literally projecting that these for these five top five quarterbacks are going to be gone possibly in the first five picks i mean this is not a usual draft there's a lot of qb needy teams that are just waiting in the top 10 um to get one of these guys meaning other players are going to be more available than usual here potentially but of course things can happen things can change you never really know yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how everything pans out but yeah no i mean it would make sense certainly for them to address it just like it would really make sense for them to find a playmaker in the middle of their defense as well, too, because as Ron said, he was really tough on the linebackers at the beginning of the season. Um, they just weren't living up to this expectations that he and Del Rio had. But if you could find somebody like, for instance, I've talked about 
Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa a bit. Like a guy who comes up with four interceptions, takes two home for a touchdown. He had a safety, I believe, as well, too. Couple forced fumbles in there. That's a playmaker. You want a playmaker in the middle of your defense. And you already have one on the defensive line in Chase Young. And I've pointed this out with Cam Curl, too. He had three interceptions his rookie season, one of which he took back for to the house. Right. If yep. you can have a playmaker at every level of your defense, you're doing something dynamic there for the future, especially with all those young guys. Yeah, you're, you're crossing that line and, and you're becoming elite. Talking with mm-hmm. Rihanna Walker of The Athletic, our Washington football team insider. Before I let you go, uh, any thoughts on this whole Alex Smith kerfuffle this week? <laughs> no, I'm happy. I'm happy for Alex Smith more so than anything else. I mean, he had the opportunity to go to Jags and opted to retire, I think. I'm happy for him. I mean, I didn't get a chance to work with him particularly long. Um, obviously, I worked for him half the season in 2018 with the injury. But, no, I mean, you're just happy for somebody that they got to go out the way that they wanted to go out. He got to go out by playing the game, leading the team to the NFC's title. You know, obviously, he wished he would have played in the playoff game. We know that. But um, nothing horrific happened after the leg injury. He played. He went 5-1. and one. Um, He showed people he could do it. That's is there any better way to end that story? I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe winning the playoff minute, winning the playoff game. Sure. Obviously, but I don't know. He did everything he said he wanted to do. Then he did it on his terms. I don't think yeah. that that's something that any, like most people ask for that kind of a thing. And he actually got to do it. That's most, that's what most people want. Like all they want is to just be able to do things on their own terms and their own time. And he was able to do that. So I'm happy for him and his family. We are, I think we are in agreement on that one as well. So it's so nice when it works out like that. Re, if, if folks want to follow you and I encourage them to, uh, how do they find you on the social media there? If you would like to follow me on social media, you can follow me at Instant Replay, which is Instant, R-H-I, play, little play on words there. And that's on Instagram, Twitter, although I tend to talk mostly sports on my Twitter and Instagram is where I tend to show more of my actual personality. I show my personality on Twitter too, but either way, if you want to know what I'm up to, what I'm into, stuff like that, Instagram is a place to be. If you want to see more of my work stuff, definitely for Twitter. So there you go. Excellent. It is so nice to talk with you, my friend. The off season has been too long. Fingers crossed on uh, OTAs, although I'm not optimistic about it. And then fingers double crossed that we get to catch up again at training camp this summer. You as well, too, my friend. I look forward to seeing you. And thank you for having me on, as always. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, my friend. The great Rhiannon Walker from The Athletic, ladies and gentlemen. All right, making the clock on the wall say we got to get on out of here. Don't forget, you can join us anytime you want at sportsjourney.com, as well as the iHeartMusic Radio app, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. Thursday night, it all starts. We'll talk about it all weekend. The NFL draft is upon us. Have you a good one. And remember, like the wise man once said, if you're on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white. Just